0: Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, U.S. Congressman Alan Lowenthal, as we continue our 24th anniversary year. Straight Talk is brought to you in part by the Port of Long Beach, a leader in international trade and environmental stewardship. And the Press-Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. And Scan Health Plan, for your health and independence. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now your host, Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a wonderful show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is U.S. Congressman Alan Lowenthal, representing the 47th Congressional District. Alan, welcome back to our show. It's,
1: it's a pleasure to be back, Art. Thank Alan, you for inviting me.
0: You bet. What is going on in Washington these days and with these campaigns?
1: Well, I think that there's, you know, a tremendous focus on the campaign. So no matter, you know, no matter where I go, when I meet other members of Congress, whether they're Democrats or Republicans, that's all we can talk about is what is going on and how no one predicted what is happening and why do you think it's happening? Well, I think it's happening because uh, uh, first, uh, I don't think enough people understood the resentment and the, dis- uh, the, the feeling that, uh, that politics was not working for them. It was working for the established class or, or the people that were in power. That was one. Two, people don't trust our elected officials and so they think that what they say to them is just what they've practiced and they've gone through and they've poll tested. And that's why authenticity and the reason what we're seeing is even though many people may not agree with those that seem to be the most authentic about things, they really want that.
0: There's a lot of dissatisfaction yes. with both parties. Right. And I think both parties are, in fact, culpable for not delivering what the man in the street wants, which is a, a, a job and a reasonable income and immigration reform both both parties say they're for immigration reform and yet it hasn't happened and the man in the street feels that in part, rightly or wrongly uh... that uncontrolled immigration is taking away some of the jobs that they would otherwise have
1: I, I, and I think that's all true all that I think also um, and I can just tell you about my own experience. When I came to Congress, just like I expected that when you get there, you put up your two cents and and things change. And I think that Uh, in part, the Congress has always been slow-moving. That may be its problem. I think the Constitution
0: designed democracy to be slow-moving. That's
1: right. And so what we're seeing is not...
0: But not this slow.
1: That's exactly right. Somewhere there's a balance, Art, and I think you're saying we've got... But to think that we're going to be a quick-moving Congress, that will never happen. But
0: it it just hasn't happened. Immigration reform has been on the agenda for 10 years, and the Democrats don't want it because... Democrats they do see, want it. Came they, out see of vote, they see votes coming across that's, the border. That's, that's not and true. And the Republicans don't want it because a business wants cheap labor.
1: Well, I think that there was an agreement that worked out, a bipartisan agreement that came out of the Senate. Democrats and Republicans, over two-thirds of the Senate, voted for comprehensive immigration reform. Um, and then, um, either because of the political campaigns or because the others, the leadership in the House did not want to bring okay, it Okay, well,
0: bottom line, it's not there. And as you correctly point out, there's resentment. And that resentment is, I think, reflected not only in the Donald Trump, the, the successful counter so far, of Donald Trump, but also Bernie Saunders. Bernie Saunders is a socialist. He uh, has been in Congress for for many, many years, and I don't think anyone expected, he started at 3%, that he would be in this successful, this far into the campaign. And I think it's the resentment on on the Democratic left, uh, as well as, of course, uh, Donald Trump supporters uh, uh, more uh, to the right and uh, and uh, lower educated, in some cases unemployed or underemployed workers. Right. So uh, the bottom line is uh, what to do about it. And I know to your great credit, uh, and this is true not only in Congress, but in your earlier role as a councilman in Long Beach and as a assemblyman and senator in the state legislature, you made an effort to reach across the aisle and find some kind of common ground and uh, I wish more of our elected reps did that.
1: Thank you Art. I I think that uh, uh, I, I think that one of the reasons or one of the major reasons that I went uh, first to the city council and then to the state and then to to Congress was a true desire to have a system that was accountable to the people and not to elected officials whether it was independent redistricting which i've worked on at every level of government to make sure that people that um, elected officials are accountable to the people they Absolutely. serve not to the i also think we need campaign reform we need to return government so that the elected officials they they're in office because the people in their district uh, think that they're the best choice. And you
0: led the fight for redistricting reform in the state legislature which is not a popular view even with your own party. Very unpopular with And my you party. took a lot of hits on it but you got it through and we now have a citizens commission that draws the lines but I think one of the problems throughout the country is still gerrymandered districts right. that reinsure the election of the incumbent, Absolutely. no matter how extreme Whether on the right or extreme it, you know, on the, on the left, left, if he's a Democrat or she's a Democrat.
1: When the, when the founding fathers understood the political nature of redistricting, they wanted to take it out of the hands of the Congress and give it back to the states. I think that what has happened, though, is that the states have now do the same things that the founding fathers were worried about with the Congress. It's the incumbents. They just draw things to protect it's the incumbents. It's the Incumbents Full Employment
0: Act, That's right. and it's, it's not fair. And the it incumbents already have an advantage with uh, ability to raise money, which is vital to reelection. And that coupled with the uh, the gerrymandered districts gives the incumbents Congress's approval rating is down to 15 percent. No one likes Congress, but they all kind of like their Congress person. Right the great irony. Well you told me once that uh, as a trained psychologist you thrive on dysfunction and so you're in the right place these days.
1: That's exactly right. (laughs) People say you know Art frequently why do you go to congress with so dysfunctional and I tell them I'm a psychologist. I've sought out dysfunctionality (laughs) my entire life. Well isn't
0: that true? Yes. Well, maybe we need more psychologists in Congress. Uh, we certainly have enough lawyers.
1: Well, I think we need to broaden the base. You're right. I think everybody should understand that to be in Congress, you don't have to have a particular profession. You, you really just need to want to represent your community and to listen to people and, to, and, and then to really work on the policies that you think are really important. I think we have too few people that really are there because of policy and more because of protection, being part of a party, moving up into the system. Prestige. Prestige. Maybe make
0: some money, you know. Right. And I just think we need to broaden that base. Amen to that. We'll be back with more of this great discussion after these messages. At the Port of Long Beach, We're back in this is a great conversation with our Congressman Alan Lowenthal. Alan, you recently went on the trip to Cuba with the president. Tell us about that and your thoughts about Cuba.
1: Well, I, I, I was very excited to be asked to go to Cuba with the president. I think the president really went because there are the, the critical issue for the president is, is that the 60-year uh, embargo and isolation of Cuba, and uh, the lack of any kind of relationship with Cuba, uh, has not really brought about the kinds of changes in, in terms of human rights in Cuba and, and in, ter- in terms of their economy. The Cuban economy. Uh, is in shambles at this moment. Uh, and part said,
0: because of the sanctions were you opposed to. Him?
1: No, I think the sanctions certainly, but I don't think that's really the major issue. I think the really major issue is that Cuba was a satellite really of the Soviet Union, and after the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, the Cubans were on their own and they weren't able to turn to the West really very much because the Soviets were not able to bolster their economy. Uh, and so, uh, they weren't able to successfully make that change in, in Cuba. And I think what the president has said and it was, uh, is that, well, let's, let's not, you know, we, we still have real problems with Cubans' human rights, we're not going in there to change Cuba, but it's better that we have at least deal with them on a diplomatic basis and not isolate them.
0: But there are a lot of fiercely anti-Castro Cubans who have emigrated to the United States. They, uh, mostly they kind of uh, run the Miami and Florida political scene and they are are vehemently against this idea of lifting the sanctions. Right.
1: What we find is that the Cuban-American Community and they've like, been
0: quite successful. Absolutely. in one generation, in in politics, in business, and you
1: name it. And they and they rightfully have identified some of the really oppression and really horrible things that are going on in Cuba. But on the other hand, you find that that is really isolated to South Florida and also to New Jersey. Really, but they
0: know is. Cuba best. They there lived, are a lot of other Cuban. They were Amer-
1: imprisoned and all that. That's right. That is absolutely right. And we're not. But I will say that. Within the Cuban-American community, there are just as many people who want to establish relationships. And
0: do you think this will lead to uh, a change in their human rights policy?
1: Well, I think if they really, they, if Cuba wants to be successful, it's really up to Cuba now. They have to change their human rights policy. They have to allow for the development of a middle class, entrepreneurial And class. they are very
0: entrepreneurial people, as That's evidenced right. by the fact that the same human beings come over to Miami, and they succeed. Very entrepreneurial. But they're not given the opportunity in
1: Right, because they now have a system in which yeah. the, the, the public sector owns everything. And now they're trying to figure out how do they engage the private sector in this. They still haven't figured that out, but I think that uh, unless they do that, unless they change their policies, yes. they will not be successful. Fair enough. Very quickly, let's turn while we have time to the ISIS situation yes.
0: and, uh, and this existential threat, really to uh, not only America but to Western Europe and also in the Middle East? Uh, Absolutely. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, I, I think that there, there are a number of issues that, that are going on. I think the first thing that you raise is that ISIS is horrible. I, you know, we have to accept that... that it's it's uh, really an evil It's horrible. Organization. It's it's horrible. They go out and they kill people just to protect themselves. They recruit people to be on these jihads. That's all they do. Uh, And they promise them things that they can't deliver. And so that's one side. How are we going to stop the kind of recruitment that goes on? Second is uh, uh, what is happening on the ground? And I think what's happening on the ground is that... uh, ISIS has lost approximately 40% the Islam, uh, of their territory in Iraq and about 20 to 25% in this is Syria. This good. It's happening. However, uh, the question is, what will be our role in the future? And I think the question is, the Congress should be having more of that discussion. Are we doing enough now? I, I, think, I think it's really, I think we've done, we've reached the point where the president has put special, you know, we have about 4,000 troops in Iraq we have about fifty special forces troops we have just begun to see that there was some artillery work that by americans so we're not not being Are we doing enough to arm the Kurds? I think, I think that discussion has, has, has to begin to occur. I think that some of the problems are is that we have two allies. We have the Kurds and we have the Turks. The Turks refuse to deal with us if we arm the Kurds. The Kurds say unless it's complicated. you do, it gets very, very but complicated. But many
0: feel that we need to be a little bit more aggressive in our uh, reaction to uh, this group.
1: I think what we need to do is to make sure that those people and that the United States plays a leadership role in, in both support in advice, and advice and that we, we actually see uh, that the people that are the most affected, the Saudis, the Turks, the Kurds, are really engaged in this. We have demonstrated in the past that every time we go in and become the leader in that and put our troops on the ground and do this, we have no exit strategy
0: and the Iranian deal that we signed has not made this easier
1: well I disagree with you I think that what has happened is that we know that uh, that the Iranian government ha- is, is a government that engages in lots of bad activities all over supports terrorism well, they always have and, and, and they we continue to, to. And, but and that was not part of the deal the deal was to stop the I nuclear know. proliferation yeah, well, I know, but- and that was successful but you're right what are we going to do now to stop those other behaviors of Iran? Yes, and now before Congress are a number of resolutions, bipartisan resolutions to increase sanctions because of the ballistic missiles and other they 're separate than the nuclear okay. deal that, and I think you 've brought up a very good point because we 've agreed. To a nuclear deal and we don't trust them but we're going to watch that does not mean that we're going to lift the sanctions on all the other things that they do and maybe impose more sanctions as they engage in other kinds of fair bad enough behavior.
0: that's very important i think very for important. most americans okay alan in this last segment we're taping this show on april first april fool's day and alan has kindly agreed to play the role of the host so in this next segment we will switch seats And uh, our congressman will become our host, and I'll get over there and be the guest. We'll be right back after these messages.
1: How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan.
0: It's hot cars, warm sun, and cool fun. Three days and two nights of nonstop action April 15th through the 17th at the 42nd Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Six exciting races including Indy cars, Toyota Pro Celebrity Race, sports cars, and more. Two concerts including Cheap Trick on Saturday night and the popular Family Fun Zone. Plus, kids under 12 are free with a paid adult. April 15th through the 17th, come to Long Beach and speed in the spring. Phone! Does anybody work here? Jeez. Satellite TV, what's the problem? I have a question about my bill. And since you merged with the phone company, I don't know who I'm supposed to call. Well, you should probably call the phone company. I did. They told me to call you. Please call them back and tell them that we told you to call them. They told me to tell me that and told me to call you. Let me transfer you directly to the phone company then. It's time to move on from satellite. For customer service without the runaround, get Spectrum.
1: They transferred him back, sir. Good evening. Uh, tonight I am the new host of Straight Talk, Alan Lowenthal. After 24 years, Art has finally gotten it right, and he has switched from, the, from being the host to the guest. And so it's an honor to have you on my show, Art. Uh, thank you for coming.
0: Thank you. And do I get your seat in Congress during this interim? We're
1: going to ask about that, Art, <laughs> just where you're going to go from here now. <laughs> Uh, all right, you know, after 24 years,' uh, you're kind of looking back, how did you decide to host this show? I mean, how, what led you to to stray talk?
0: Well, it was preceded by a show called Weed the People," which was uh, uh, the cable company show, and they asked me to uh, host that show, which I did for seven years, and then we had a little change, and I started my own show.
1: All right. So it's been over 30 years that you've really been hosting. Could you tell us who was your favorite guest? You were, without
0: question. uh, Well,
1: let's just focus on that for a while. Which
0: of your children is your favorite? You can't answer a question like that. We love all of our guests, some more than others, but uh, uh, we've been honored to meet uh, some leaders of the community. Uh, State, national leaders, and it's a great opportunity to meet people that you otherwise would would never meet.
1: Well, I'm really honored. I think I'm this, besides yourself, who've been the ongoing host for 24 years on Straight Talk, and even before that, I believe I'm the second host of the show besides yourself, uh, an elected official. That's right.
0: Don Canave was good enough to be the guest host twice. And uh, now you are uh, the second to do that so in uh, the
1: spirit of bipartisanship you absolutely doing Republican that's, and democrat that 's yeah. very good art, yes. right, a little question about you you 've often asked me if you were ever running for Congress, what would you emphasize? Why would you what do you think are the critical issues that a congress member needs to well, talk about
0: well, thank you for the, for that question. First, I would not run for Congress. my temperament is uh, I could not do what you do, going to all of these chicken dinners and raising money all the time and all that. But I know the satisfactions are great. And and to be quite candid, I would do a lot of the things that you do, the reach out, trying to understand other people's point of view, trying to introduce ethical principles into the behavior of Congress as an institution. As you know, I'm a professor of uh, legal studies and ethics, retired at Long Beach State and writing a book on ethics, and uh, I think that ethics should play more of a role in congressional behavior with the role of money, uh, redistricting reform, which I know you were active in, we talked about earlier, and other elements of uh, congressional behavior like gut and amend that are just unsupportable to a rational, ethical person.
1: You know, there are two, when I think of Art Levine these days. I think of two critic two issues. One is that you've just talked about ethics. The, the lack of ethics or the need for ethics uh, in all of our institutions. And you've run that series here at Cal State Long Beach in terms of educating us on ethics. But the other issue that you've raised frequently is the question of authenticity. Can you explain what you think, why uh, at this moment in time, uh, the, people are looking at candidates either as inauthentic or authentic. I think
0: authenticity is a political value and I wrote a column about this six months ago. It's so important. People are yearning for the real thing and even if some of the ideas may be a little bit nutty, uh, Donald Trump is the real thing at the moment that he is speaking. No one doubts that that's how he feels at that moment. He may change from day to day and, and Bernie Saunders also uh, has, is the real thing, 30 years. He's a socialist, he hasn't changed, and he's the real deal. And, and you're the real deal too. And uh, people are hungry for for, for authenticity uh, because it it's something basic in us and we wanna believe and trust in our elected representatives. And so many times we see speeches and pollsters and uh, candidates uh, and elected representatives shading their views to to fill the the pollster's needs.
1: You know, we're also seeing, I think, uh, or maybe becoming more aware of, a weakness in the party structure in both parties. The people are young people are not registering as either Republicans or Democrats. They're registering as declined to states. Uh, What do you see as the future of the political parties in this country?
0: You know, that's above my pay grade, Alan. I can just look at at what we're doing right, and more importantly, what we're not doing right, and I think uh, uh, reducing the role of money in politics is critically important. Redistricting reform, eliminating such unsupportable practices as uh, gut and amend, and then loading emergency relief bills with all kinds of provisions that have nothing like the sandy thing was billions of dollars and there was billions of dollars in the bill that had nothing to do with relief for the sandy hurricane but they just loaded on so things that just are not supportable they've got to stop doing it i think congress should have the same medical benefits as the rest of us okay why should you have different ones
1: uh... i, I actually have the same benefits that you have as a cal state professor yeah, that's, true. Yeah, that's true So. Let's kind of get back to the more personal as we do this. You know, you've been doing this show for 24 years. Anything, any particular events that stand out to you, either that didn't work or that did work over the 24 years, not necessarily the best people that were on, but just things that either made you laugh or just, you know, you just remember back.
0: Well, I'll remember this show for a while, but uh, I don't know, we, we, we're honored to have, uh, I was involved with the distinguished speaker series, as you know, at Long Beach State. Yes. People like Michael Josephson, and Arianna Huffington, uh, um, uh, Admiral Eric Olson, and we got them on the show for a half-hour interview, and 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 those were very mem all very memorable uh, guests. Uh, having the presidents of Long Beach State on each year, um, uh, and elected, you know. I, we have some pretty good elected representatives in this area, both at the city level, uh, Don Kanabi, of course, uh, Governor Duke Majin, Uh and, and it's a pleasure to speak to those folks. So it's been mainly positive. There have been a few negatives, but I've suppressed them from my mind.
1: Well, thank you. I think we're going to be back in just a few minutes with the commentary. I think in the uh, uh, right after these announcements, I think you and I are going to share the commentary. Fair talking enough. About. Thank Thanks. you, Art. It's been a pleasure having you as a guest on my show. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'd just like to kind of end in terms of a, you know, identifying what I think are the, some of the most important things that we talked about. I think that it's a pleasure to have you as my guest, Art. I think talking about how we can reestablish trust in government, whether it's through authenticity, whether it's to holding our elected officials to the highest ethical standards, whether it's putting into place things like redistricting, getting rid of, of gerrymandering, getting rid of political money, to the extent that it does, all of those things will, will really aid, I think, the democracy. And so it's been an honor to be your host tonight. And thank you for giving me this opportunity, Art.
0: Thank you, Alan. and Thank you for joining us. It's been great. Straight Talk has been brought to you by the Port of Long Beach, the Press Telegram, and Scan Health Plan. And remember, Straight Talk is viewable 24-7 at StraightTalkTV.com.